Passion alone doesn't grow business, even though it is essential. But attitude, the right attitude and discipline, and being focused, being focused is the word. Like I said before, when I see the crown ahead, I'm the only person who is picturing it. Until I tell you this is where I want to get to, you wouldn't know. So if you know where you want to get to, if you are convinced of what you are doing, I think that alone should motivate you. It's not just about going into my own business. I want to be my own boss. Uh, I want to get money. And if all these things are your 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 aim of going into your business, you are bound to fail because the money will come in the day. That is one. And it's not smooth. It's not like when you start everything is going on well. There are times you would you would want to give up. There are times you will feel alone. There are times you feel what you are doing doesn't make sense at all. But they are all part of it. So if you don't have the love, if you don't have love for it, you would easily give up. You would easily give up. So one, let the passion be there. If the passion is there, good. Develop the right and be disciplined. Be disciplined. Welcome friends to The Entrepreneur Speaks. I'm your host Kofi Anumedu. Each week I host an amazing entrepreneur on their journey, successes and challenges. It is my hope that we will learn from their experiences as we all work towards living a life of passion and purpose. I'm excited to have an agripreneur on my show today. She is Marian Oforichumesi, CEO of Mariset Farms and Mariset Supplies. Marian holds a diploma and a degree in accounting from the University of Ghana and Wisconsin International University, respectively. She's a student member of the Institute of Chartered Accountants, Ghana. Marian owns over 150 acres of oil palm plantation and 40 acres of cocoa. She is also into the production of food crops such as maize, rice, and plantain. Marian has over 8 years experience in farming. As owner of Mariset Supplies, she is into the supply of palm oil, palm kennel oil, palm kennel cake, maize, among others. She's looking at venturing into bee farming, cattle, and grass cutter farming in the near future. She's a mother of three. Help me welcome Marian to The Entrepreneur Speaks. Marian, you are most welcome. Thank you, Kofi. Looking at your profile, we can tell that you have a background in accounting. So why farming? Where did farming come into this picture? Okay, Sophie. Um, thank you once again for hosting me on your program. Um, like you said before, I am Marian Oforichu Messi. Um, but uh, I'm known by some of my friends back in school 
as Marian Bafour Alumu, and I am Marian Oferichi Messi. That is the name of my husband, Mr. Seth Oferichi Messi. Um, I am from the Eastern region, from Adelsna precisely, but I lived in, in Tronang for quite a number of years before coming to Accra. Um, I schooled in the Eastern region, St. Rose's Secondary School in Akwetia. I love my alma mater so much. That is why I have to mention it. Yeah, yeah my alma mater has done me well. <laughs> That's great. Yes. And I attended, for my tertiary, I went to University of Ghana and then from University of Ghana to Wisconsin. I am married to Seth of Mercy, like I said before, with three kids. Now, back in my early days, my dad was a farmer. He's still a farmer, though, but he was a farmer then. He is now retired because he's a bit old. My dad was a farmer, and um, I lived with my dad for some years. And I saw what he did. He was also into cocoa and palm oil. But um, it wasn't my focus anyway, and he didn't even want any of his children to go into that. But I saw everything he was doing at that time. And then back at university, I was doing accounting, like you mentioned in my profile. So I don't have any background in agriculture whatsoever. But when I was in school, um, I remember in level 200, I used to join a friend to um, farms on Saturdays and some holidays. So some of the holidays when our friends were going on a uh, beach and then some other, you know, parties and then I was going to the farm with my friend. Because I had the idea for my dad, I enjoyed going to the farm anyway. Because back in my early days, my dad didn't allow us to join him to the farm. So I enjoyed what my friend was doing. And I just loved following him to the farm. Um, so that time I decided to um, do something small and see how it will go. Because I was enjoying it anyway. So I, I, I had some friends to give me some three acres of land and I started with maize. So honestly, uh, agriculture wasn't, or farming wasn't in the plants, but I really enjoyed what I was doing um, during that time. And that's how I started. I started with maize. I enjoyed what I was doing, looking at the maize grow, looking at them doing well, and then when it was harvesting time, I got some small amount of money from it, so um, it was it was cool for me. And that is how I continued. Thank you. This is really inspiring. Now let's take a trip to the farm. Kindly tell us about the various acres you've put under cultivation, where they are located, and tell us about each farm. Okay, so like I said before, 
before I started from the Eastern region as a man kissing. Oh, um, okay, my farm is is an Aquatia land, but it's more closer to Asaman Kese. I I started with three acres over there. That was maize and later planting. They were doing very well. So um later on I decided to um go further and I acquired about seven acres to make it ten acres there. And then I was still in school and was doing this. So you will ask me how I was getting money to do all these things. Well, daddy was paying my fees, daddy was giving me pocket money and all that. But I was doing some side um small business like teaching, you know, galamsey and all those things. So yeah. I was doing that here to get something small for the farm. So I had ten acres in the Aquatia um, farm, and then when the um, the maize and the plantain were doing well, I decided to go into cocoa farming because I remember those days my dad told me that uh, there was cocoa scholarship, and that was what I was using when I was in the secondary school. He told me I was on okay. cocoa scholarship, so I remember and I said, "Oh, so if I do cocoa, I will get money. I will get money. Let me go into cocoa and see what happens." So I went into cocoa farming, and that was for the 10 acres. When the cocoa got to a certain level, I couldn't continue with the plantain and the maize. So I had to focus on the cocoa. And they were doing well too. The cocoa was doing very well. At least what I was getting from it in a year was okay for me. But um, when I started harvesting the cocoa, I had now completed investing and I was doing my national service and um, I would visit the farms on weekends and on public holidays. And it was also doing very great. So I had plans of uh, going big, doing it big and looking at other things. And I was more interested in the cash crop, you know. <laughs> I, I, I knew those ones would give me money because I thought and knew that it was fetching my dad some amount of money that was uh, that he was using to pay our fees and taking care of us. So I I I I thought I could do the same and then see what happens. And in the eastern region, I couldn't really get um the amount of acres I needed, but I was still doing the cocoa for the with the 10 acres until I got married and my husband saw what I was doing. He realized my interest in agribusiness and advised a land in his area. He's from the western of Bibiani. He's a Sefi. So he took me there. That was where we started the oil palm plantation because there we could get um, some amount of or some acres of land that I didn't get in the eastern region because of um, the small scale mining in Akutia, you know it, uh, known as Galamse. Yes. So it wasn't easy getting land over there, but it was easier getting the land at uh, the western of Bibien because one, my husband is from there and they know him, he's a native, 
So they gave us the land. And that is where my palm, my oil palm plantation is. And then um, about 20 acres um, of cocoa in the same area plus the 10 acres I have in the eastern region. So now, my farms are located in the eastern region and the western north. And the eastern region is um, just a 10 acre cocoa and then um, the western north. The village is called Inkronia. It's closer to Sahuyasan. And that place, the oil palm, I have over 100. It used to be 100 acres. Last year, it was 100 acres, but this year, from January till now, I have been able more, and is now over one acres of uh, oil palm for the rice, the maize, and others. Um, they are about 10, 15, 20 acres. The rice um, is about 40 acres. The maize is about 20 acres. That is as and when the season becomes favorable to me. But for the oil palm. It's my focus. It's my baby. Oh, okay. This is really exciting. <laughs> Especially coming from the fact that you do not have a background in farming, but because you saw your dad farm <laughs> and what farming brought to him. Yeah. It is really inspiring. <laughs> now tell me, let's be very straight and truthful here okay is it difficult starting and maintaining an agribusiness uh -oh. <laughs> yeah coffee um i know um every business is difficult starting it uh, let alone agribusiness but um one thing i know is the most difficult part is maintaining and growing it maintaining and growing business in Ghana is difficult even starting it is difficult i wouldn't want to talk about financial aspects that one is there it's, it's it's a general rule we all know it but the other side that makes starting a business in Ghana is just too stressful it's very stressful and um, I would want to use one uh, example. Um, I have a friend. I I met a friend this morning. We are into we are all into agribusiness anyway. He wants to establish. Uh, he wants to go into processing of palm kernel oil, and the factory is ready. ECG should give her power. That has taken her about four months or so. He's so troubled. She doesn't even know. So we are just sharing some of the challenges in you. That is her challenge. And challenges in starting a business, precisely agri-business, I will talk about mine. Everybody has their own. You know, it is easier for a trader, for a, somebody who goes to Dubai and come back, sell goods and other things, go into the bank and assess or otherwise loan. But it is not the same with um, farmers because they believe the risk involved is too high. And I understand them, <laughs> but I think something can be done about it. 
for the trader or uh, how do I even call them? Yes, for the trader, the, the, the person who sells, who do buy and sell supply and other things. I do supply to you supply to whoever you take your money, you go away. So if you take a loan from the bank, you know that definitely at the end of the month, you are going to get something into your account for them to take whatever amount you have to pay. But it is not the same with Aki business. Look at my products, for instance, my crop, cocoa and um, oil palm. It takes about four or five years for palm oil to bear fruit, oil palm or palm fruit to give you fruit to yield for you to get something into your account. So if you go to the bank with this kind of business, they look at all these things and they are thinking, how is she going to pay and all that. So it's difficult. Me, for instance, I haven't had any loan so far from banks for this business. It's only um, my husband and family and then some other things I do, like the supply. So with the financial aspect, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And then when you come to even maintaining and growing it, it's another um, factor. And that is where my whole point is. You can easily start a business, but if you don't have the right attitude, you need to be disciplined. You need to be disciplined and have the right attitude in growing or maintaining your business. Um, you know, some businesses that have started in Ghana that are no more, they have collapsed and all that. They all started well, but what happened? What happened? The maintenance, the growing, it and all that, it couldn't work. So me, for instance, I always think um, if you have the right attitude, the discipline, and then sometimes your relationship with your staff, your customers, the people you work with counts a lot in maintaining and growing your business. So, Kofi, um, I wouldn't say much about it, but I would say it's not easy starting it and even maintaining and growing it. It's not easy. In Ghana, I don't know about the other countries. I've not been there. I don't know. <laughs> I know about only Ghana. Thank you, Marian. Government is currently encouraging the youth to go into farming. And considering you are a young person, I would like to find out your views on this. What would be your advice to the youth on this policy direction? And do you think that what government is doing in terms of how it has packaged this message, do you think it is right? Are they doing it right? Um, coffee. <laughs> um... They say you, you can force the horse to the riverside, but you can't force it to drink the water. The government, I think, is doing um, its part or its bits in promoting agriculture. But um, like I said before, starting agriculture or farming in Ghana, why would a graduate or Somebody who can easily go into Galamse and get 200 cities a day go into farming. Why, 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 why would they even do that? If you don't have the love for it. In other words, if you are not passionate about it, 
you know, um, I, I, I have been telling my friends that agriculture is more than part of life. You know, some of my friends think, oh, you should, you should find yourself in the corporate world and use this as some side business. And I've been telling them that um, agriculture is more than a part of life. Where you say this is my side business and uh, this is my main business. Well, probably I will get to that stage. But now, I know where I want to reach. I have the vision. So it can be my side. The government is doing well. But the youth, what is the incentive for them to go into agribusiness? If the government will provide the appropriate um, procedures, the, 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 the things the youth will need to go into it, how do they assess land? How 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 do they get um, money to start? I, I I don't know, but they think of all this and they are thinking what they will get from this whole farming thing. So yes, you can tell them to go into it. The government can tell them to go into it. But what measures is the government putting in place? They see those in farming, they, they, they saw their parents, they saw their grandparents, they have still seen other people like us in farming, in agribusiness, and probably they compare their uh, monthly salary to whatever we are getting. They think they are doing better. So why would they stop um, what they are doing? Unless we make it attractive. Unless the government business or farming attractive, then youth will not be attracted to do this. You see, um, on my farm, it is not easy getting labors because the person thinks when he goes to Galamse and he gets let's say hundred CDs or two hundred or three hundred CDs a day, and then come to the farm and get let's say thirty CDs to fifty CDs a day. So which one would you prefer? I mean, it's not an NGO. It is money he's looking for. Something to to to, to, to survive on. So if he's getting 200 CDs from Galamse, if he's getting 200 CDs from any other thing, getting the right equipment, getting siblings, getting labors, getting uh, even the technical support and all that, why would the person come into farming at all? So one, it takes somebody who has the passion to do it somebody who enjoys it like i said before i was from the beginning i was enjoying it i didn't know i didn't have in mind that i was going to be a, a farmer or i was going to go into agribusiness um full-time one day but from the beginning i was it was just like a hobby to me because when people were enjoying the business uh, it's, it's good but i also enjoyed going to the farm to see the plants do well, to see them grow, to see the green things all around me. I enjoy it. I have that passion. I love to go there. I love to be there. You can't force somebody who doesn't love to be in the bush to go there. So what inspires you, Marion? What inspires you to do what you're doing and to do more? The target I have inspires me. If I say the target I have, when I look at the vision I have, it inspires me to go to do more. I know where I want to now. I am 
I, I, I haven't started big time processing. I want to be um, in the place of, let's say, the Jabin, the Trifle, the those people. I want to be like them in future. Let's say in 10 years to come, I want to see myself there. And that is what I've been looking at. So if I picture that in mind, that alone is when I look at, when I visit DOPDC, when I visit Trifu, when I visit Jabin, and I see what they are doing, and I just, I just love it. And that alone inspires me. And there are other amazing women who are also doing this. When I see them, I'm inspired because I, I, I feel they, I even had a better opportunity than them, but they are doing well. That inspires me. I attended a program with um, Yuzakuza, that is the Ignite 2018. And from that time, my, my, my appetite or my love for agribusiness increased. <laughs> In fact, it increased on a higher side. And I want to use this opportunity to say thank you to Nanadra. She is the founder of um, Yuzakuza Ignite because at a, at a point, um, I, I, in fact, I gave up. At a point, I gave up. I wanted to stop this. I, I thought, why, 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 why am I even um, stressing myself, putting pressure on myself when a bank can employ me, when an insurance company can employ me? But in fact, there are other organizations that were ready to employ me. So I thought, why, why am I even stressing myself? But after the program with Ignite, it's actually women in agribusiness who were also doing amazing things. And they shared the things they have gone through, their experiences. And I realized I wasn't even uh, an inch closer to what they have gone through. And that alone inspired me from 2018. And I thought, no, I, I can do better than I can't give up now. A lot has gone into it. I have to continue. All these things inspire me. They all inspire me. And I am happy I am still doing it. And of course, money is another thing. <laughs> Financial independence. In fact, when I, I after supplying palm seeds, palm oil to my customers, and they pay me, and I get the alert on my phone, I'm like, wow, this is my money. <laughs> and I'm happy That's about enough, it. Enough inspiration. It's, it's, it's enough inspiration. It's yeah. enough inspiration. One time, my dad was like, hey, and he was like, even a house. Like, what is wrong with you? Why did you quit your job? I was working with an insurance company, Prime Insurance. Why did you quit your job? Why? And I was like, oh, daddy, the time I'm in your They say, I'm in like the money I am getting now is even higher than what I was getting when I was in the corporate world. So that alone is an inspiration. I'm okay. I want to be financially independent. I want, I want that. I just love it. We find ourselves in a new normal. We are confronted with a coronavirus pandemic. You are into farming. You are into agribusiness. How has the pandemic affected your operation, if it has? For some businesses, it's offered them more opportunities. Others, they've had to innovate. Others have had to put things on hold. In farming, in your business, 
how has this affected or boosted your business? Okay, um, uh, yes, the impact is being felt, but I have the negative and the positive um, impact. Um, Kofi, before this COVID-19 and before the closure of the borders, the amount of palm oil, kernel oil, I could supply to Nigeria. In fact, when this closure of the borders happened, sometimes I don't want to talk about it, but um, it's 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 not it's not pleasant at all. It's not pleasant. I had about fifty uh, percent or seventy percent cut off how how much I could supply before this season, this COVID-19 period. And in simple terms, there is no demand the palm oil. And the border closure at the time of the palm oil peak season, when I could supply more, that was when this closure had so everything stored and I had to find um, other means of supplying locally. And that is why I said I have the negative and the positives. Well, this COVID-19 offered me the opportunity to be innovative, to try the local match. I must say that it's doing well. Now, because of the closure of the borders, I have signed some companies that I supply the palm kernel oil and the crude oil to them. But before then, I was taking it to Nigeria. But for the Zomi, it was... Coming to Ghana, of course, but the crude, the Nigerians, they, they, they buy the crude a lot. They, they, they buy it more. So for the crude, it was going straight to Nigeria. But the, uh, the edible, that is Zomi. That's the common name we know in Ghana, the Zomi, was coming to Ghana. And so in the COVID-19, there was even low demand on it. But then it's taught me to be innovative, to find ways and means of getting um, customers to supply the oil to. And then because of um, this same COVID-19, you know, payments, when you supply to your customers, there were some that you pay on cash delivery, but because of this same pandemic, um, you have to take about two weeks, sometimes one month, pay you. And you can't complain because we are all being hit by the pandemic. And it's the same people I've been doing business with. If they are staying, they can't give you cash on delivery now. It is understandable. Because we are hoping that things will get better and then uh, things will normalize and markets will be okay. And when I'm not getting the money on time, it affects my capital, it's, it's, it affects the way I pay my staff, um, getting other raw materials for production and all that. So because of that, I have to lay some of my staff and some too, I have to make them casual so that as and when you are needed um, for work, you come and I pay you. So one, some people have been laid off not because they are not doing well. But because of this pandemic, I need to pay them. The money is not coming. What do I do? So that is how this whole thing resulted to. 
but we are we are we are normalizing it is it is we are now doing better it is getting better yeah it's getting better yeah good to know things are getting better and i'm sure there will be a lot more opportunities when things normalize and this oh, goes cool. away um share your typical working day with us yeah. we want to understand you when you wake up in the morning a typical working day for marian how is it like okay <laughs> so um a typical day for the farmer begins very early in the morning like 6 a.m we should be on the farm with your workers and as a farmer somebody asks me one day so you can you read at all if i look at you you can't read you say you are a farmer and i was like is it the duty of a farmer to reach alone? Am I supposed to? So the farmer manages farms and other agricultural activities. My typical day, it depends on the work on the farm, from preparing the land to planting to cultivating to harvesting. It depends on what I have on that day. If I have to plant, it means we have to prepare the land early in the morning. Yes, okay. so that uh, you wouldn't be in the sun for a long time, um, probably weeding and planting all this. So it is best to start early in the morning. So my typical day, I don't read anywhere. I don't go about reading, like how people perceive it to be. I, I, I am mostly supervising because I know what I want. So, okay, if you go here, yeah, I'll read this side, catch this one, do this. And my farm is not uh, on one place. It's only the palm oil, the oil palm plantation that is on a stretch of land. But the others, the cocoa, the maize, the other things are on different lands. So if I have to go to the cocoa farm, there is a different thing I'm going to do there. There's a different thing I'm going to do on the maize farm. There's a different thing. So at every point in time, there are different things for the various farms. Different things for different farms. And if I get to the farm at 6 a.m., um, sometimes I could be there till about 6 p.m. Depending on the work. Yes. Wow. Depending on the work. Sometimes I can be there till 6 p.m. Sometimes the earliest time I would come back to the village is, uh, let's say, 3 p.m. That is when we, we, we are all tired and we think we have had enough for the day. But I do a lot of things on different farms. Yeah. Interesting. The Entrepreneur Speaks podcast is meant to encourage people to live a life of passion yeah. and purpose. So what would be your advice to someone with a desire? to go into farming, to start an agribusiness. Okay, like I said before, you, you can force the horse to the river, but you can't force the horse to drink the water. And I talked about passion, but I know passion alone doesn't do business, even though it is essential. But attitude, the right attitude and discipline, and being focused, being focused is the word. Like I said before, when I see the crown ahead, I'm the only person who is picturing it. Until I tell you this is where I want to get to, you wouldn't know. So if you know where you want to get to, if you are convinced of what you are doing, I think that alone should motivate you. 
it's not just about going into my own business. I want to be my own boss. Uh, I want to get money. And if all these things are your 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 aim of going into your business, okay, you are bound to fail because the money won't come in a day. That is one, and it's not smooth. It's not like when you start smiling, then everything is going on well. There are times you would you would want to give up. There are times you will feel alone. There are times you will feel what you are doing doesn't make sense at all. But they are all part of it. So if you don't have the love, if you don't have love for it, you will easily give up. You will easily give up. So one, let the passion be there. If the passion is there, good. Develop the right attitude and be disciplined. Be disciplined. Especially women. You know, when you get money small, you want to buy shoes, you want to buy the hair extension, you want to buy other things. If you are not disciplined with money, it's going to be difficult for you. And then develop the right, uh, uh, get the right uh, attitude to relationship. How Know how you relate to your workers especially because they are the people you are working with. Whenever you are not there, they are there. If you don't have the right relationship, if you don't develop a good relationship with your staff, it's going to affect you big time. Then your customers, they are the one who give you the money. Some are very difficult, but you can't give up on them. So that is it. Having the right attitude, being disciplined, being focused. Focused, 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 and discipline yourself. Thank you very much, Marian. Focus, discipline, passion. And you also mentioned you should have good Working relationship sure. with your sure. workers. My guest today on the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast was Marian Oforichu Messi, CEO of Mariseth Farms and Mariseth Supplies. Marian, we are very grateful for spending time with our listeners. We hope for the best. We wish you the very best. Our prayer is that the vision that you carry will not win, but will grow from Amen. strength to strength. <laughs> and your business will grow from strength Amen. to strength. And you remain a role model and a motivation and an influencer for many people. Amen. Amen. On that note, I want to thank our listeners for doing the listening. I invite you, as always, to leave your comments below. We will be back next week with another exciting episode of The Entrepreneur Speaks with Kofi Animedu. Thank you. I want to thank you once thank again. You. Take care of yourself. Thank you very much, Kofi, for hosting me. And I forgot to mention to you that I won the best oil palm farmer in my district last year. Um, farmers Day, uh, farmers, yes, the Farmers Day award. I won for myself the best oil palm farmer. Congratulations! Congratulations! This is exciting to know. And I'm looking forward to winning another one this year. And you surely Amen. will win. For our listeners outside Ghana, every year we have a Farmers Day awards ceremony across the country and she won an award for oil palm plantation for her oil palm plantation yeah, last yeah. year and we know she will win more awards Amen. in the coming years sure, 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 sure. <laughs> thank you 
This has been an exciting episode once again. Take care of yourself, listeners. We'll come your way next week with another episode of The Entrepreneur Speaks. This has been your host once again, Kofi Animedu. Cheers. Bye-bye.